listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 On a day in which we've got another RJ over Fez bet and a successful <laughs> one for RJ Bell, we've got some bad news out of Major League Baseball with another team in the National League. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday? You know, all of this machinations back and forth with the COVID, I'm going to let that be. I want to start with the Houston Rockets. I mean, the reality is, by all accounts, and maybe we can start with what we thought of the bubble play, because I think generally it's been so much better received than expected. That as it is exciting to watch, people care more about the title. I mean, to some degree, a title always matters, but it feels like the NBA is going to have center position, you know, at least to the start of the NFL. And I think the Rockets and the way they've started is as strong as you can imagine any team starting. Yeah, the Rockets were the interesting team to watch, or one of the interesting storylines heading into the bubble, a team known for wearing down when it gets to the postseason, and all they've done is come out and light it up, beating Milwaukee, beating the Milwaukee Bucks most recently, but off to a 2-0 and start and looking like a real threat in the Western Conference. Yeah, so Fez, and we had some fun at the beginning, but let's get to making money here. But we do look at things with square eyes and squarely at them, clear eyes. You have been a big skeptic of the Rockets. When they originally traded and went small ball, it was like, I still remember, you were sitting right there and he was saying, I'm not high on the Lakers. And it's like, Lakers, what do you mean? He goes, well, they just played the Rockets and – Davis only had 35. It was, remember, 35. I remember. And, you, and I go, what, 35? That seems pretty good, you know? I'm, I'm not a statistician, but... And he goes, well, against those really small guys, I, I could score against them, or something like that. He might have used a pejorative term for small people. I don't know. But the fact is, you haven't really left that position. That, and this today in pre-production, you said... Ah, I think everyone's overreacting. And we talked about it during the headlines. The Rockets are now at 13 to 1, up from 16 to 1, just over two games. One, how much of an upgrade have you given the Rockets? And number two, why do you think maybe the market's overreacting? I didn't upgrade the Rockets. Whoa, whoa. Not an iota. No. And here's why. I might have to turn his mic off. I mean, do you want to vote on that? I mean, listen, here's the thing. At minimum, just that they come back in shape and seem to have some cohesion has to be an upgrade. Because when you agree, there's more question marks starting the bubble play than any start to any section of any season you can remember. Agreed. So in general, there's a chance that someone comes in with a pot belly. There's a chance they come in mad at each other, drug addiction. Who knows, right? Where Anything can happen in five months. The fact that it seems clear the Rockets are at minimum at a good basic level of fitness and team chemistry doesn't that even get a small upgrade. Maybe it should because obviously the end games, the Rockets have performed tremendously. But the bottom line, I got to ask you about this. Against Dallas, all right? The Rockets are a one-point underdog. They're down seven with 45 seconds to play. The Rockets have far less than a 5% chance to win that game, and yet somehow they wind up winning in overtime. You get down seven with 45 seconds. At that point, you cannot, you should not win that game. 
And then when you do, is that invalidate the win or does it make it more impressive? When you can win those kind of games, because let's be honest, if the two things, let's say they would have came back a little and lost by three against the Mavs. So, okay. And then they win the second game. That's still pretty good, right? When you, when you almost win a game as a small dog and then you win a game as a yeah, dog. one and one as an underdog in both games. Pretty good. Yes. And in general, you have said, or I think we agree, that just coming back in shape and there not being any obvious defi- or defects on the team is something worth an upgrade, right? Yes. But instead, the Rockets upgrade from you is? Zero point zero. And their third best player, Gordon, isn't playing right now. So he's out for about 14 more days. Which makes that's, it even more impressive what they're doing. Well, that's why I haven't upgraded them. But you must – wait, if you downgrade – oh, you know what's funny with – the more you peel back the onion, the worse, <laughs> the worse he's getting beat in the debate, the more facts start to fly in. So all you had to say at the beginning was, oh, significant upgrade, but you got to account that I downgraded him X for this much, and thus net, net the records or their power ratings the same, but they, well, I saw these two games did lead to an upgrade. It just came from a lower place because I had downgraded him because of an absence. You didn't say any of that, did yeah, you? Yeah, I did not. Which means it doesn't exist. You're making it up. So, but let's just shine a light on that. So, what? Explain to us the machinations about the absence. Who's absent? Gordon. He's worth a point. He's another one of their guards that bombs from three, and Jeez, he's worth a point. Yes. What's his first name? Eric. Eric Gordon. You got him worth a point. How long has he been out? I don't have the details on him. He's but, been but, a- but you had that downgrade straight, didn't you? Jonas, to some degree, you just let people up. You just say, but all joking aside, this is the problem. And this is where someone like Jonas doesn't have this problem. And I actually respect it. He doesn't get emotionally invested in his positions. Because just like in poker, the worst thing you can do in poker is have two kings, bet big before the flop. Now you're holding You got pocket kings. Flop comes ace, queen. 10, two spades. Now your hand just got went from big favorite to a significant underdog. But I got kings. I got king. Yeah, but there's new information. Steve, you were anti-rockets. I, to be honest, this is something I think Colin Cowherd does. A personal friend. I like Colin. I call him the way I see him. No sacred cow herds. He gets on his position. Andrew Luck is great. And it doesn't matter what kind of contortionist he needs to be to make it work. He's going to find a way to do it. By the way, look at the Jets. You're going to hear more anti-Jets front office, anti-Jets players, except for the chosen one, Sam Darnold. You're going to hear all kind of negatives. You know why? Because that makes Collins take Uh on Sam Darnold. Oh, he's being held back. Just like Andrew Luck, 10 years in the league, was held back because he didn't have the right front office. If objective facts don't matter, none of this, our job should go away. Because there has to be a way to tell who won the argument in the end. But if Andrew Luck can retire, and we can still say he had a great career for a number one pick, and quite frankly, a number one pick was the next John Elway, that, that's not a, that was below 50th percentile. Whatever you want to say, the expectations on Andrew Luck were below 50th percentile, meaning what he achieved versus expectations. I couldn't have done what he did, but that wasn't the question. The Houston Rockets have exceeded expectations since you became an anti-Rockets guy. 
but you won't move. And that's why I keep beating your butt. <laughs> I'm telling him that, Jonas, and he won't respond. You know, and the or, or change. And it sure is entertaining. Get this against Milwaukee: 91 shots for the Rockets, two thirds of them, RJ, from three. Two thirds of them. That's the way they play. It's crazy. So, so is that good or bad? I think that's good. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So Zion played the entire season, you know, the games he played up until now, his worst plus-minus performance. So, Fez, explain plus-minus. Plus-minus is while you're on the court, how does your team do versus your opponent? So the theory in the long run, even though there's other factors than you, it's going to be Larry Bird's going to probably help his team back in the day, right? Or obviously pick your player, LeBron, et cetera. Now, in all those games prior to this restart, Zion's worst performance was minus 10 points. So when he was on the court, they lost by 10 in that game. Okay. In the first game, minus 16, his worst of his career. Second game, minus 17. Now, I know he didn't play 1,000 games before this. Is it a coincidence that his two worst games of his career by plus minus are these two, and he left the bubble for mysterious reasons? Or let's say unknown reasons, which by definition, I guess there's a mystery to them. What do you think, Jones? What's going on with Zion? He seems, for a guy that everybody talked was in phenomenal shape and took the quarantine uh, very, very seriously and all these pictures came out, um, that seems like somebody who got out of shape real quick, almost too quick, which makes me wonder how in shape was he during the quarantine before all this started? Well, I mean, you look at his second game, seven points. At least he had five rebounds. But he played less minutes. So the, all the talk was, why wasn't he in the last seven minutes and change of that game, first game, right? Yeah. A- and then he plays less minutes, 14 minutes versus 15 in the first game? That tells me they know something about him that, uh, you know, you got to wonder, if you bet the Grizzlies here, or I'm sorry, the Pelicans here, would you want more Zion at this <laughs> point? I don't know. I, you know, Jonas, we talked about this. There, we talked about Larry Holmes against Ali and how Ali looked great. There's that physical beach body good look or, yeah. or good health, and then there's the basketball health. Yeah, and, and you see that a lot in fighting. The real muscular fighters, the guys that have a lot of muscle mass, they tend to fatigue quicker because it takes a lot more energy trying to keep that muscle mass on. I also look at it like this. The, the best way to get in shape is to do what you're trying to get in shape for. So why wouldn't they play him more minutes? This feels like it's a long-term play, and maybe ownership is saying, look, we plan on having fans in the arena next year, and if that's the case, we got to make sure this guy's there to sell tickets. But that's the question, and i got to, I guess, give begrudging credit to some of these shows. They are so chock full of former players that it's like you got to wonder – if O.J. Simpson, if that case went down, they'd be on saying, well, you know, I mean, it's like they never will blame. These former players don't want to blame players. And listen, if that's their style, I don't blame them for having that broadcasting style. Just why are they being hired at such? And I'm fine if you have a panel of three people and a moderator and one of them's a player or former player. The other two, one's an analytics guy, one's a former front office guy or coach. I would love that. You get the on the field, you get the front office, you get the math guy. But it's usually a bunch of players because they have names. 
And it's easier to have that, oh, I remember Ryan Clark. Listen, as a Steeler fan, I loved Ryan Clark. One of my favorite players. He doesn't have, in my opinion, a non-player in that kind of spot is often, especially if you do have a player's perspective. I think having no player perspective is bad because it's a bunch of guys that are theoretically talking about it, right? But if someone says, oh, no, no, here's why you're wrong, I take that very seriously. But when you have so many players and so many of them seem to be worried about offending other players, then you're not getting honest analysis. And some of them actually said around the shows, wait a minute, Zion's not injured. Because someone said coming off an injury, they should be, you know, scaling his minutes up slowly. Yeah. It's like he was injured way before. That injury took like double as long as people thought it should. Then he came back and played almost 20 games, right? Yeah, and he was playing phenomenal. He was averaging 25 points per game and just um, exceeding expectations. And now you have an extended break which, let's be honest, has been longer than a normal offseason even. And he comes back, and why, you know, I guess we'd have to know to some degree why he was absent to start with. I've never seen so many family emergencies, I can't lie. I mean, you don't hear about these during the right when there wasn't a bubble, right? Steve? Only with the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What does that even mean? Well, the Clippers had, you know, five guys missing for during their summer camp, so. Oh, okay. But was that family emergencies? They, three of them were, yes. I don't know. But we'll talk about the Clippers. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We get to team number 27 today, and it is none other than the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, what's the wise guy opinion? Number one factor, the Dolphins are underrated, RJ. Why are they underrated? Because they were terrible back in September. There were some motivation issues associated with the Dolphins' bottom line. Motivation issues? That sounds like someone that like OD'd <laughs> and he said he had some in-talks issues. No. So you're saying you believed with all your heart. You said, I'm Steve Fezzik and I believe the Dolphins are tanking. Correct? Correct. And in hindsight, you figured what? They might have been kind of with ambivalent motivation for two games. Yes, but the bottom line was in the first four games, they got outscored by 34 points Well, bad teams, game. losers lose. We've and, talked about this. And those this. losers had such horrendous stats in September that that carried over. There was no saving this team statistically as bad as they were in September. So even though they won only five games, so you could say the truth of last year's team was five wins, Fez is saying amongst professional batters, they look at the stats and they say, like, on Dallas is the example of this. Dallas won eight games, but their stats were so much better, like a 10-win team. Yes. They really believe Dallas was a 10-win team. With Miami, you're saying the stats say they were worse than a five-win team, and thus that's why maybe the total, which right now the total for them, Miami's over or under six wins. You're saying this would be six and a half maybe, because those stats were so bad last year, they're perceived to have been worse than their record. And you're saying the stats for Miami those first four games were not indicative of the truth because of questionable motivation. Rosen at quarterback, who's not an NFL-level quarterback, in the last 12, they were much better than that. Because of that mm, disconnect, Miami's underrated. Exactly. All right, I can accept most of that. Most. I'll tell you what I don't accept at the right time. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Steve Fezzik, NFL expert. What is the one big question? If you could have a genie, 
What would you want answered about the Dolphins? When are they going to replace Fitzmagic with Tua? And I got to tell you, RJ. So you must be thinking, when he comes in, baby. I want to fade Miami. Fade. And here's why. I'm big on Fitzmagic. He's my number 15 rated quarterback. He was a top 10 quarterback in QBR stats last year. When Tua replaces him, I think there'll be a lot of excitement about Tua, but I view this as a big downgrade in Miami when and if, of course, that happens. I always like when the professional opinion is different than the public. When Barney at the bar says one thing and Fez says the other. Jonas, wouldn't you agree that a vast majority of casual or even hardcore NFL fans would celebrate Tua becoming the starter? Oh yeah, because they just want to see the excitement. They want to see what's going to happen. He's the you know the one of the top picks of the draft. He's got all the buzz surrounding him. I wonder if maybe they're more inclined to not play him at all this year, just based on the fact that we're probably not going to have fans in the stadium anyways. And so the whole we've got to sell tickets goes out the window. Yeah, but what about the old the way to get better at football is playing I know. football. I know. I, all right, that, the, that's why I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. No, I agree with you. Yeah. It's just like all this waiting for the perfect yep. time. All right, Fez, so force pick over or under, and is it going to be a lean? No, this is a like. I'm going over six, a little extra vigorous on Miami. We spoke about why they're undervalued, but also they've upgraded. Miami has, look at running back. Last year, Fitzpatrick was the number one rusher with 240 yards. No running backs. They pick up Jordan Howard. From Harvard. They pick up Breida. And now on defense, pick up guys like Byron Jones and Van Oy. Much better team this year, Miami. I like over six wins, minus 125. Okay. That's a second like. I like it. I don't love it because I do think Tua might come. I mean, here's what we know. The coaching staff down there is one of the best young staffs in, you know, we talked about the Bengals earlier. I think one of the worst staffs. Miami, one of the best. Do you agree with that? Yeah, Flores did a great job last year. And this is a Belichick disciple that seemed to maybe have learned the right lessons. I also believe that that long view, that equity might have them put Tua in sooner. Because if you're trying to avoid an injury, like Jonas is talking about, I agree, you keep him out. But if he's not hurt, you get better playing football. At football, you know, you get better playing. And to me, they might even take some losses this year to get Tua reps. So if I knew for sure that Tua was sitting the year, I would go with over with you. I think Tua might play more than people think, so I'm just going to keep it as a lean. But I agree with you generally. The pick is over. That's being optimistic about the Dolphins. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.